Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and see live streaming of many of my performances on Periscope. My new album, White Knuckle Life, as well as my other original records, are available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. Also, consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. I've wined and dined with kings and queens, and I've slept in alleys and dined on pork and beans. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 19. Something a little different for the podcast this week. Classic AWA and WWE pro wrestling fans, do not change the channel. Non-pro wrestling fans or followers, no worries, you'll enjoy it as well. Last week's gigs wrap up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Another win, Women in New Hope Night, and they are one step closer to giving away tickets to Las Vegas. Better stop in on a Wednesday and sign up. Thursday, Brian Johnson and myself played at Pier 500 in Hudson, Wisconsin. Great seeing the Hudson crew, Marilyn, John, Don, Amanda, Sandy, Shano, Jen, etc. Was fun rocking out with y'all. My friend Steve Merrill said he couldn't make the show on Thursday because he was sick. And he said to me in a text message, Don't get this nasty bug that's been going around, man. And what do you know, Friday I got sicker than hell and had to cancel the show at Lucky's 13 in Plymouth but will rock out twice as hard next month. Saturday, I more or less recovered from the nasty 24-hour flu bug, and Brian Johnson, Dustin DeGoyer, and myself jammed at Seven Brothers in Clayton, Wisconsin. They had a nice turnout with a poker run that day, and we had a blast hanging with the Schradle family. Upcoming shows, Wednesday, February 24th, 2016. I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 8 to 10 p.m. Thursday, February 25th, 2016, Brian K. Johnson and myself will be rocking out at Wyzetta Bar and Grill in Wyzetta, Minnesota from 8 to 11 p.m. Friday, February 26th, 2016, I'll be playing a solo show at Danny's in Stillwater, Minnesota from 7 to 10 p.m. Saturday, February 27th, Brian K. Johnson and myself are caravanning to Star Prairie, Wisconsin to rip the roof off at Star Prairie Sports Bar for their annual beach party from approximately 7 to 11 p.m. Sunday, February 28th, 2016, I'll be performing a solo show at Down South in New Germany, Minnesota from 3 to 6 p.m. Guest this week is part one of two with the legendary AWA, WWE, pro wrestling superstar, Jumpin' Jim Brunzel. 
We discuss his new music CD and book, Matlands, Bruce Springsteen, Vince McMahon's Ashtray, Vern and Greg Gagne, pro wrestling entrance music, etc. Enjoy the conversation. Mr. Jumpin' Jim Brunzel, welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. <laughs> nice to meet you, my friend. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Mark. Pleasure to be here We're in here my in hometown of White Bear Lake. White Bear Lake at Ruby's Red Eye Grill, right off of Highway 61, and we are poolside. Yes. We got some folks playing, looks like uh, cribbage or something over yeah, there. Sure. It's a hot <laughs> ticket here in town. But well, thanks. it's early. It's early. In a couple hours, they'll be asleep. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for meeting up there, Thank Jim. You. Thank and you. we were talking how uh, I got a hold of you through Patrick Tanner and Brian Layton, and you're just going to say something about Brian? Well, no, I already slipped my mind. <laughs> I just talked to him. He just got back from Mexico. And, and uh, as we'll talk about this, uh, uh, Brian re-recorded this song that I wrote 35 years ago called Matlands that I wrote on a train in Japan back in 1980. And I came back, and uh, of course, me being uh, uh, just an unbelievable fan of Bruce Springsteen, I took Bruce's uh, Badlands, used the music, and actually in 1982, there was a band called Fragile okay. that worked the cities. And then there was a couple of guys from the Metro All-Stars, Dusty Cox and Andy, the late, great Andy Bailey, who was a keyboard player. So... Uh, between Fragile and these two members of uh, this other band, uh, they put together Matt Lands and we made a picture disc. So I thought this picture disc, when I went to uh, the WWE in 1985, Vince was going through a, a period of uh, wrestling and rock and roll, and he had all sorts of people there. Uh, uh, Cindy Lauper and a couple of meat, uh, meatloaf and somebody else. So I had this picture disc and I thought, God, this will fit right in, you know. So I gave it to Vince. I said, Vince, I, I wrote this song to Bruce Springsteen's uh, Badlands. So he looked at it and then I heard about a month later that he uh, tossed it in the back of the limousine. It was about 100 degrees back there and it shrunk up into like a clamshell and they used it to put their cigars out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that was the end of, of my my first Matlands picture disc with uh, Vince McMahon. <laughs> I saw the actual one hanging down in Patrick Tanner's basement in the yeah. studio. Um, are you going to send Vince a copy of this one? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe the, not even the book either. <laughs> um, I was reading in the book you talk very fondly of, of Bruce Springsteen. So you've met him a number of times. Um, has Bruce ever heard this song? Uh, you know, I sent him uh, both. Well, actually, um, I had a friend that worked for John Landau and Barbara Carr, and her name was De Denise Alisi. She was a secretary right with uh, Barbara Carr, so she was a huge wrestling fan, and I was just coming into the WWE. So I sent her all this stuff, and she actually got me permission to use Bruce's Badlands music. Nice. Yeah. So I I don't know. I, I hope it carries over 35 years. <laughs> so we'll have to see. But actually, I sent Bruce both the book and the CD about a month ago. Okay. So I have no idea. I, I'm, I'm going to see him in the cities here at the end of uh, February. And uh, it'll be a 50-50 chance that I get to see him again because it's, it's a sort of a... Uh, 
you know, 50-50 chance to get in because it depends upon how he is, depending upon how many people are around, and also it depends upon how Wayne LeBeau, who is his handler now, uh, feels. Yeah, you said he's quite accommodating, though. I think you first met him, was it 1984, you said in your book? And he was awfully tired after the show, but yep. he still came out. And, oh, God, and he was real good. You? Yeah, he, well, he's sort of a night guy. You know, I mean, uh, I think a lot of his songs, he's, you know, he says that he stays up all night and sleeps all day. And I, th I even though he's got three kids, grown kids now, but I think that's pretty much because I, I remember seeing him come into some of the shows to go play, you know, whether it be in in Florida or Chicago or New, New York or Minneapolis, and he looked like he just woke up. So I think <laughs> he probably takes a nap during the day and, you know, stays up pretty late. But, yeah, he was, he's been so good to me, you know, and uh, I, think he, I think he has more of an attraction to my wife, Mary, than me, but he, <laughs> he, he always kisses her, but I get jealous of her because all he wants to do is shake my hand. <laughs> oh, wow. Is he a pro wrestling fan? I don't think so. No, no. I, I think he might be. If anything, he might be a baseball fan. But other than that, I, I, I don't. I don't think he's too big on many sports. Okay. So, what was it about the song "Badlands" or about Bruce Springsteen's music that drew you so much to him? Well, I think that if I could have been anything I wanted to be as a young boy, it would have been a rock and roll singer. In my book, I, I talk about you know seeing Elvis Presley when I was seven or eight years old, and I went to my dad, who was a you know, retired uh, naval, well, at that time he was a naval officer, and I told my dad, I says, Dad, see that guy right there? I want to be just like him. So not too much longer, uh, I wanted a guitar, so my dad took me to a, a music store, and he got me an accordion. It <laughs> <laughs> just, just, Wrong just yeah, man. so so shortly after that, I, I think I played the accordion for about six weeks. And then uh, <laughs> I threw that away, and uh, I thought he had visions of me being a, a Myron Florn or, uh, you know, a Lawrence Welk type, a one and a two and a three, and, a, and I wanted to play that guitar. So uh, I think after that I uh, sort of devoted all my spare energy, you know, to being an athlete and, and doing that. And well, there is a picture of you in the book playing guitar and singing live on stage. Can you play a little no, bit or I, sing a little bit? I, I was that okay, Fabe? That was, yes. yes. Actually, uh, <laughs> I do, actually, I've sang with Brian Layton a couple times, and, and we're, we're working a deal to do the Matlands song um, in the future at some of the uh, halls in Minnesota, maybe Bunkers, um, wherever else he plays. I, I've done a couple of Bruce songs with him. Uh, uh, She's the One and uh, what a... Glory Days. Oh, those are great. Yeah. So, um, so they say that Michael P.S. Hayes, uh, the fabulous Freebirds, was the first one to bring kind of rock and roll or music into like the entrance themes. Do you agree with that? Well, I think he might have been, and I think that was with uh, <laughs> in Georgia, and he might have been, but Smoky Mountain wrestling. Yeah, maybe, but. Um, I remember talking to Vern about it in the 70s, and, and Vern looked at me like I was crazy, and he says, you don't know what you're talking about. And I said, well, okay. So eventually, you know, guys started going to, you know, going to the ring with music, and now, you know, they spend eight minutes before they get in the ring, and they have fireworks and everything else. And, I know. Yeah, so. Did you ever have an intro song? Oh, gosh. Well, they wouldn't let, they wouldn't let us do the uh, Bruce song at all. Um, 
I think we had one, and I'm trying to think of the name of it. I'll think of it. I might have to call you up after this is over with <laughs> and tell you. Um, but it was a real uh, sort of a punk uh, group from England. It wasn't The Clash or anything, but uh, it, it had, there were three guys, and it had a good guitar uh, feed in it, so it was sort of lively going, and there wasn't many vocals. So Okay. Um, as far as wrestling intro songs, you know, Hulk Hogan's right. Rick Derringer one. Yep. Um, what's some of your favorite ones? Oh, gosh. Um, well, there's a couple songs that I joke about in my later, later career. Uh, one song that I wanted to go to the ring was, is, was The Thrill Is Gone, and then the other one was uh, <laughs> Get a Job. <laughs> So I don't know. I you know there was some that uh, you know uh, I think uh, what they tried to do, and it was p- part of the marketing aspect of uh, WWE. They tried to match something that they could market, you know. Yeah. So they, they that's why they had Meatloaf and Cindy Lauper, and I can't remember uh, somebody else, but um, I remember. Uh, Vince, we did this Slammies, the first time they ever had an award for wrestlers, and it was sort of like a Grammys, but it was just a spoof, and it was over at uh, Atlantic City, and I remember Vince getting up there and dancing and 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 uh, with these girls, and it was sort of a Broadway, um, sort of a styled uh, song and dance, and it was called uh, Stand Back or Get Back like that. And he gave his, I mean, Vince just went crazy, you know, and, and I turned around and I looked at Bobby Heenan who was sitting behind oh. me, and Bobby and I had been drinking most of the afternoon. <laughs> and I looked at him and I says, I said, he's nuts, and Bobby broke down laughing so hard, you know. But, it, it, you know, I think Vince tried to capitalize on what was going on, what was popular in the music scene to sort of build to what he was trying to create as a marketing tool for wrestling, which he did. Yeah. I think he he ran into trouble with the whole licensing fees with music and stuff. Did, I know yeah. I'm a huge Road Warriors fan. Oh, yeah. I, like I was mentioning to you earlier, I wrote a song about Mike Hegstrand. I'd like to hear he- that, too. Hegstrand's a killer. Maybe I'll have to ask you about a Hegstrand story in a little bit. Hegstrand's a killer. Hegstrand's a killer. Lord, not a But uh, I know that they had uh, Black Sabbath's Iron Man, I believe, when they were walking up. Sure. Until they had to run into trouble with that. Ozzy wanted a fortune or whatever. Oh, sure. So. Well, they all do. I, I, I can't remember if they p- play, your, play your song on national TV. I can't remember. So it's a lot of money you get. I don't know if it's ten grand or something like that. But So what made you want to write an autobiography right now and release a CD? Well, Mark, when <laughs> all these things happened to me on the road and they all stood out and uh, as I grew in my career and also uh, when we had time off uh, my wife and I had some wonderful friends and we'd go to uh, different parties and and the only thing that I could relate to was telling of stories of what happened to me on the road so I tell these stories I tell maybe one or two stories and you know, it was off, always after a couple libations. So uh, my friends used to say, geez, you should write a book. So finally, about 10 years ago, my wife got me this little dictaphone. And 
she says, I want you to start, you know, writing into these, or talking into this dictaphone and, and remembering. So I did that for about hmm, three or four years, and I'd put it away for a long time. And then when I'd think of something, and I'd say it again. So finally, uh, about two years ago, I had what I thought was 25 stories, and actually I had 40. Jeepers. And then I added more to that. So then my wife Mary suggested, well, you better start writing these out. So over the course of a year and a half, I started writing these down. And they were three, four pages, you know. And, and uh, then I'd type them. And then she'd read them. And then she'd make some corrections. And I'd write them again. And then so we had like a little manuscript uh, about a year ago that had you know 46 stories or whatever it was and then we had all these pictures yeah you know i had pictures a vast vast amount of pictures that were a lot of them have never been seen and i i had a dear friend who i write a story uh, mike gratchner who who actually he gave me not too long ago he gave me two notebooks with 3000 slides in it what? of all the wrestling that he had taken pictures over a 25 year career so i have i still have these there and I, I haven't had a chance to look at them because you got to get this little machine that you can slide them through yeah you know and uh it, it's amazing but uh there's a number of pictures that mike took in there that uh, we use so uh what happened was uh, you know we put this book together and then probably i'd say about a year ago uh we really got you know so to the point where we just kept working on working on it and then we had my friend Mike Gratchner who was an English professor uh he edited it the first time and he says pardon all the red marks but this is has to be corrected so <laughs> redid it and then I had uh another person at Delco who was a major in journalism uh edit again so then we got it done Mary retyped it we sent it into this company called Blurb. Blurb is a self-publishing company. Uh, I tried, I talked to people about trying to publish it, but you'd be surprised they want, you know, they want a ton of money. Oh, yeah. And then they don't offer you nothing. So what happened was Mary typed out this manuscript, had everything ready, and it was the wrong format. Oh, my God. So she had to redo the whole thing. So it took her another, I would say, another month. So finally... We got what you're looking at right now, this little soft-covered paperback, uh, done in, I think it was April or May. I, I've sold about, between Blurb and me, about 500 books. That's so, great. Yeah. So my goal is 10,000, so I have a long way to go. But hopefully in this new year, we will, in turn, I have a couple more stories that I'm going to add to this. And then we're going to put it, uh, hopefully it'll be available on Barnes & Nobles nationwide. That'd be great. Uh, maybe uh, as early as next spring. Maybe do, Have you done any like autograph signings or oh, book gosh. signings, stuff I've done, like that? I've done a number of them. I, I did one at Mancini's, uh, oh, wonderful restaurant in, uh, on West 7th Street. I did one right here in White Bear at a, um, a bar called... Uh, uh, Bigwood. It's yep. Uh, I know right where it is. Craft, you know, IPA, real nice. Steve Riley was really good uh, to me. And then uh, 
I've, I did another one. When the heck did I do the other one? I did another one at the Minnesota Wrestling Hall of Fame in uh, Robbinsdale. Real nice. small little deal. And I had like, um, uh, I talked for maybe 30 minutes and had people ask questions. But um, we're planning on having another one where um, actually Greg Gagne and I, the High Flyers, are going to be inducted into the Cauliflower Alley Club's Hall of Fame this April in Vegas. So Greg and I will be out there for three days, and uh, we're gonna, I'm going to uh, try to uh, you know, sell a number of books. Um, how is Greg doing nowadays? Well, Greg's doing okay. He's, he's been in the car business for about 25 years, and he, you know, he, he's a natural salesman and has done real well. He's had uh, some real uh, issues with his wife, uh, Mary, uh, in the last year, she's, uh, she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Oh, so no. So for the last six months, she's had two or three rounds of um, chemo, radiation, and also surgery she had in, in December. And right now, she's cancer-free, but uh, she's on a, uh, another protocol of chemo, which is making her very, very sick. Okay. So, it's you know, I mean, it's... Anytime you get cancer, it's 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 a real nightmare. I don't care, you know, what it is, what form, but you have to take that chemotherapy or radiation. Just it damn near kills you. So, but Greg's doing well, and and uh, we're going to get together. As a matter of fact, I just talked to him today, and um, we're we might be doing a, a card show at uh, Southtown, February 27th, and I, I'm not, I can't remember. It's called Triple Triple A. Um, collectibles is a promotion and right now it's tentatively set for uh, Saturday uh, February 27th from 12 to 2 and Greg and I will be autographing pictures and uh, posters and and uh, I'll be hawking my books and CD yeah heck yeah Um, how's he doing since old Vern passed away yes Um, you know (laughs) Vern, um, for What's the last... What's your thoughts on Vern overall, I guess? Well, you know, he was a self-made man. I mean, he, he came from nothing. He was uh, one of a number of kids and was sort of forced to uh, help uh, support the family in Robbinsdale. Uh, great athlete. Went to the University of Minnesota, you know, four-time uh, Big Ten champion, two-time national champion in, in wrestling, and also a great football player. Yeah, and uh, he, he played for the Green Bay Packers. No, no, he was going to, but then he actually he he could make more money at that time. He didn't get any money. I mean, most <laughs> of the guys that played football, even in the in the '60s, uh, I had a friend Jeff Wright who played with me at the university. He played in three Super Bowls. In my first year of wrestling, I made three grand more than he did oh as a starting safety with the Vikings. That's crazy. Yeah, 1972. Did you ever uh, did you ever have to go through Vern Gagne's boot camp? They talk about that was just, it. His rough and tumble. You go out to his house or whatever, and you te- teach. No, we're on the farm. On the farm, yeah. teach you how to bump and oh, and whatever. it was horrible. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. Who and, was in your class, uh, if I can ask? Well, you. we had a great class. We had uh, Rick Flair, the Nature Flair? Boy. Oh, yeah. Yes. Kenny Patera. Ken Patera, world's that- strongest man. You used to wrestle him a lot. Take yes. Ken Patera and Blackwell, yeah, right? Yeah. And also, I wrestled him in uh, Mid-Atlantic, and he used to take me from one turnbuckle, and he'd throw me, and I'd, I'd take one hop and go into the ropes. 
And I, he told me one of these times he's going to throw me completely out of the ring. <laughs> and I thought he was going to try to do it. But uh, we had Ric Flair, Ken Patera, uh, the Iron Sheik, who was Adnan, or not Adnan. Uh, Sheik Adnanel Casey? No, no. Uh, Kazro Vaziri. That's the Iron Schnook. The Iron Schnook. <laughs> yeah, from Iran. Uh, Bob Bruggers, Greg and I. And Bob Bruggers was a former great Minnesota athlete, played in the NFL, uh, had, uh, was really, his pro career was cut short. He was in a plane crash down in North Carolina and bro broke his back and never wrestled again. And he opened up a, a small bar down in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Okay. Yeah. Was this at before or this must have been after Ric Flair's plane crash that yes, broke his back? That was the same one. The same plane yeah. crash? Wow. Yeah, there was three or four guys in there that got messed up, and thank God the dang plane was out of fuel. Otherwise, it would have blown up, but it <laughs> ran into the hill, and just everybody flew forward, you know. I know. I forget. Someone got paralyzed. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and uh, someone kind of, died in it, yeah, too. Yeah, the, the pilot died. Oh, yeah. that's too bad. Um, I think after that, Rick lost a bunch of weight, though, I think, that's because he was a bigger guy right away. Yeah, he I weighed I have a picture. I don't know if it's in the book, but there was a, when Rick and I first started, uh, Rick weighed about 290. Jeepers. Yeah, now he's, you know, he always wrestled about 230 as, as the nature boy. The nature boy. Um, Mr. Jim Brunzel, this podcast has to be around a half hour. Do you mind doing a part two and I can ask a few more questions? Sure. Okay. Uh, one last question for this podcast. Okay. So let's say you're getting ready to go to the ring um, with Greg or with Brian Blair or whatever. You're getting ready. What song gets you the most pumped up to go kick somebody's ass in the ring? Gosh. <laughs> Besides Bruce. Oh, I don't know. Um, G.B. Layton song? Hmm. <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story. Goran ahead? Uh, Brian Blair used to, you know, he used to do shadow boxing and <laughs> have on his Killer B deal. And then he'd, he'd go out the out the door and then we'd head into the, where the, the drapes opened up and go out to the crowd and then I'd walk behind him and I'd put my hand on my hip and I'd sort of swoosh you know like a, <laughs> and I and he'd turn around and look at me and he says god dang it Brunzi he says don't do that and I says Brian I said I'm just having fun you know so oh, he hated that you know and the guys just love it because I'd laugh you know one time we're in Los Angeles and I told him I was going to wear my Marriott robe in the ring they had this long terry cloth robe <laughs> and I wore it into the ring it was a big white terry cloth it was beautiful looking and I wore it in the ring and held it out like this you know, like I was gorgeous George or something oh my god well, Mr. Jumpin' Jim Brunzel, thank you for being on the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Please stick around for part two. Uh, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. Lights on tonight, it's action in the ring Man, I'm headlocked, hope is squeezing in my brains Man, I'm caught in a match, I gotta win tonight